police officers. They often get a bad rap, primarily because people, social media, and the news only highly publicize negative interactions. Officer David Dukes was fired and charged with felony assault and battery. Excessive force can never be an acceptable foundation for the policing of any community. Officer Kevin Perez kicked Crud up several times and slammed his head to the ground. It's disappointing, after a year unlike any other, that we still discredit some of our bravest men and women. Enough is enough. It's time we stand up and back the blue. I am Kayla Blakesley, a local member of the media and radio personality. And I am Sophia Rosales-Catina, captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Together we are joining forces to bring you Unholstered. An in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day. When we saw the car up in flames. You know, we saw the two kids in the back unconscious. We knew that we had to get them out. And no topics are off limits. On that day, I participated in the defense of the United States Capitol from an armed mob. He's shooting at the cops right now. We're backing up. A sixth grade female student fired multiple rounds. Who are black people supposed to call Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods, we need police reform. Plus, we'll give you an intimate look into the unheard stories that only officers themselves can share. From saving lives. Officer Michael, in heroic fashion, return fire uh, even even in the midst of, of being shot himself to soul-crushing losses this is a raw scene and this is a raw emotional outpouring of hurt by your police department and by your first responders and every incredible moment in between thank god there's a school resource officer there to handle and de-escalate the situation so nobody is hurt we're giving you an unfiltered look at some of the bravest men and women on earth so join us for a show unlike any other and hear from your police officers like you've never heard them before. Your town, your topics, your team. This is Unholstered. This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, giving you an in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day. Unholstered. Hey there, welcome back into another edition of Unholstered. Hopefully you know who I am by now if you listen to this show on a regular basis. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I am just one of your hosts here on Unholstered. I represent the local media side, and the show is all about the local media teaming up with our local local police department here in Fort Wayne, which is obviously the side that my co-host represents. Good morning. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to Unholstered. Sophia and I started Unholstered so we could really talk about and share all of the stories that don't often get told. When it comes to law enforcement in general, when it comes to backing our first responders, our, our men and our women who are uh, you know, serving our communities every single day, and that's what today's show is really all about is us taking care of them because it is mental health awareness month. I don't know if you are aware of that, but hopefully you are now. And Sophia, we've talked a lot about mental health before on this show, but I feel like we're diving in even deeper today. That's right. Um, in honor of mental health awareness month, that's a tongue twister. Uh, we're going to talk about suicide, uh, not only for our officers, but also we're going to expand this into the military with our guests that we brought on as well, uh, because there is a correlation between police and military. They're both very high numbers, and there's a lot of military that transition over to policing, so that even increases rates of suicide um, that we need to be aware of within our own departments and with, within other departments around the country. 
And we really have to take a look at what people are doing to help combat this problem, because it is a real problem. Uh, Suicide in general is a problem, um, but there are studies have found that there are higher rates between military and police officers than of the general public when it comes to dying by suicide. So it's something we want to dive into and kind of maybe open people's eyes a little bit. And um, hopefully we can all agree that something needs to be done and we can move forward in a positive way. Who'd you bring in so we can dive in? I will let him introduce himself. Hey, good morning. My name is Jared White with Forever Metal Roofing. I am a Marine Corps uh, combat disabled veteran, and I am the founder of FW22. I absolutely want to talk about FW22, but before we go there, Jared, and before we dive into who you are and what you're all about and why you're here today, I do just want to ask, uh, statistically speaking, and Sophia, I don't know if you are our normal stats girl, but maybe, Jared, you know, too. Uh, you, you said it, Sophia. You said... Um, when it comes to police officers and just members of the military, um, the numbers are higher when it comes to those folks committing suicide. Do you happen to have numbers or stats? I mean, what are we talking about here? Just so we can really put it into perspective for everyone. Well, we've, we've seen in um, 2021 about 25 percent of line of duty deaths, uh, which were a total of 632 law enforcement deaths in 2021. Twenty five percent of those were uh, self-inflicted. Wow. In um, the highest number we saw was in 2019, and that was 228 officers that died by suicide. Um, we've come down a little bit since then, but not as much as I'd like mm-hmm. to see. So it's just a constant um, barrage of I think being in very precarious situations, being in horrible situations, um, repeated trauma over and over and over and just nowhere to go and nowhere to take care of that. So it's very important that we take care of our officers after these scenes. And I'll tell you, we just came off that uh, quadruple homicide trial and every one of those officers that were on that stand did a stellar job. And I talked to the judge after that, and she said it was remarkable police work. And, you know, it's not just that we're putting cuffs on someone. We still got to go back. We have to process those scenes. We have to sit through autopsies. We have to go over repeatedly these these statements that people make and it really does affect the mind after a while especially if you have children around that age jared i can't help but notice the whole time sophia's talking you're nodding your head you're nodding your head yes do you find the same scenarios in your world oh absolutely uh i mean i have lots of different theories you know i've talked about over the years um but you know truth be told more more deaths in the military happen by suicide than at war especially with my generation um and that's why i started fw22 because everybody remember the number 22 which at the time was how many veteran suicides are happening every day. And that's just people that are registered with the VA. A lot of veterans- So those are just the ones that you know about. Yeah, a lot of vets, for whatever reason, that don't like the VA or just don't want them to be with the government once they get out. So the, the number is much higher, but I needed a number that people could you know, recognize and, and then we could start a conversation. And But it, the suicide rate is, is high. Um, I always tell people, I won't speak about other branches, but the Marine Corps, they're really good at training us to kill, but they are so bad at training us to come home. Yeah, so, and I have numbers on that, Kayla, just so you can we can put this in perspective. So 30,173 military personnel have, have died by suicide since 9-11. Uh, we've lost 7,057 in combat in the same 20 years. First of all, that's horrifying. Second of all, though, Jared, so you obviously are aware of all this. You know what's going on, and that is what inspired you to start. FW22? Yeah, one of my close friends, uh, you know, from the Marines in Afghanistan took his own life. And I was just so confused at how do you survive Afghanistan and then come home, you, know, you made it, and then, and then you know, end your life. And uh, my 
best friend growing up was in the Marines also, and he had never deployed. His friends that also never deployed were taking their lives. And so I just thought, there's really something going on here. I can't change the whole world, but I can make a difference in my community. Mm -hmm. What can I do just to save a life? And I just, you know, to this day, it just blows my mind how you can survive war and then come home and, and, you know. Man, you hit the nail on the head. I always struggle with that thought myself. Like you said it, you go there, you survive it, you know, and you, you make your way home and then boom, obviously something changes. Are you able to shed a little light and give us some perspective into that? You know, everybody... You know, when I was in the Marines, I, I was getting ready to re- re-enlist to be a drill instructor. I was I was crazy as they come. I was I was awesome, and I had a daughter, and but I wasn't close with her because I lived in Japan. She lived here in Indiana, and uh, you know, luckily I do have physical primary custody of her now, so it was a good decision. But I, I wanted to come home, and when I came home, I I was I was angry. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of issues that the Marine Corps never helped me with, um, and I I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I, I was drinking every night. I was trying to fight every night. My friends were killing themselves. And I just was like, you know, this is my life. Um, instead of going down that path, you know, bullet in head, I, I wanted to, to change for my daughter, for, for my brothers that are no longer here. And, and so my, my best friend Tyler and I, that's how we created FW22. We were drinking Jameson in our garage, uh, cleaning guns. And we were like, how can we create an atmosphere that the Marine Corps, you know, gave us and what better way than to hike and drink and we just did a silly hike you know for the first year i mean we had people just like deadpool they threw up on a cop car it was chaotic <laughs> but we probably oh had God. 200 people that showed up <laughs> good to know Sophia. so yeah we had like well, 200 you, people that showed up wow no kidding so we, okay, so what year would this have been 2015 okay 2015 and so we said okay we need to become a nonprofit. we need to make this family friendly and now we're Hiking like, and drinking, probably not family-friendly, <laughs> Jared. It, the, there was a lot more shenanigans that happened that first year, but we realized how many— and we had a Marine that showed up, and I'll never forget this. He was he was still in his Marine Corps uniform. He was heavyset like me now, so he was really struggling to get in it. And he said, last night I was going to kill myself, mm. and I heard about this event. And he came all the way from Battle Creek, Michigan. Wow. And, you know, that was all it took for me to be like, you know, we have something here. You know, fast forward years later, we become a 501c3, raising in tens of thousands of dollars, um, donate to the VA every year. During COVID, there was, you know, veterans that were passing away um, and they couldn't see their families because they were isolated. I was going to ask so that if COVID. we the VA iPads so they can, you know, talk oh to their family. We, I mean, we, we put out a lot of money into the community and we, you know, we, we do tough love. Mm-hmm. So when a vet needs help, we're not just going to help you. We're going to stay on you. You know, you need money for this bill, great. Now let's get you a job. Let's work on your savings. Let's get you active in the community. Mm-hmm. Because it's real easy to get down that rabbit hole and and you know, never never look back. Mm-hmm. So we like to to get vets out of there and let them know that we're one team, one fight. So you're the founder of mm-hmm. FW two two, but you're no longer with FW two two. Correct. So about two years ago, Forever Metal Roofing, um, I've been with them for about five years now. And uh I had always told Travis, you know, I love what we do as a company. And that's, that's your boss? Yep. Okay. Travis Slager is the owner of Forever Metal Roofing. And I always told him, it, I know we're a good company because I can't be the face in the community of, of mental health and then work for a company doing shady stuff. So let's use my tools that I already have. And, and he agreed. He saw a lot of potential in no me. Kidding. Especially for not knowing anything about roofing. And he created a job for me within the company. And, and now, you know, what I always tell people is 
yeah, it's great that we've donated 30000 to FW22 and, and rebuilt, you know, veteran parks in Markle and all that good stuff. But I get an opportunity to meet every customer that we have, you know. Uh, that gives me an opportunity to talk to people, and that's surprisingly what I'm what I'm good at. And so we come across a lot of veterans or even a lot of civilians that are just struggling, mm-hmm. especially with the crazy last two, three years Jeez, we've had in, yeah. in our country. And uh, it gives me an opportunity to take care of them beyond the roof. Sometimes customers buy from us, sometimes they don't. But either way, you know, I still talk to them on Easter or I still call them on Thanksgiving. I still check in on them. Just because they bought a roof from us or didn't, I still get to do my part. And that's be there for them you know speaking of doing your part one of the things i wanted to ask you and i was kind of saving this till the end but we can do it now is just how in general whether it's people or in this case small businesses spread awareness of mental health because it seems like it's such a it's such a taboo topic to talk about it i know sophia you and i have talked about that too and and discussed that in great length as well but i hear you saying that i'm like wow that's one way a small business can kind of do Mm -hmm. their part it's extremely important uh you know, every time FW22 sets a booth somewhere, we're always called the sad booth because I just <laughs> talk about, hey, suicide. Nobody wants to talk about it, yeah. you know, and it's important. There's, You shouldn't feel weird talking about mental health. You shouldn't feel weird asking for help. This stuff happens every day. Yeah. And I know that because I get calls from Fairview, Fairhaven uh, Services off of Clinton, and I speak to families all the time after a suicide. And I, I get so angry because nobody wants to talk about it. They just want to remember the wrong one and move on. I don't know. I think it should be commonplace anymore. Just as we talk about the joys in our life, we should be able to talk about the sad part of our life as well. Um, I I know, at least in my small circle, we have that open dialogue. Oh, I've met your small (laughs) circle. I know you've got very open dialogue. Yeah, so it's just, and it shouldn't be just that. We should just be able to go to your boss and say, hey, look, I need a mental health day. Is there something we can work out or something like that? Because people are hurting all over. It's not just police. It's not just military. I think after this pandemic, and we know that things um, have have just gone a bad way since COVID, uh, there's been several things that have happened and people just are isolated and they have not come off of that. They're still stuck. Um, there's plenty of people still stuck and we're seeing increased numbers in CIT calls. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's just it's just sad all the way around. Um, and but I'll say uh, kudos to Jared. Um, you know, Leo Tolstoy once said that everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Amen. And when you change yourself, look at all the good you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And look at the, the good you can do for your community, for yourself, for your friends. Um, and that's all where it starts. One person making a difference, making a change. And that's all we need. We need a lot more people making changes. And being open and honest about it. I love that you sit here and you just said, you know, I was drinking every uh, night. I wanted to fight everybody. You're honest about it. And I think that is one step towards helping remove the stigma of talking about mental health. Because I think, if anything, the one positive, if you want to even call it a positive, the one thing that did come out of COVID is the fact that we all suffer from some kind of mental health issue, or at least did at one point or another over the last two, two and a half years. Sophia, as you pointed out, some people are still stuck. Some people are still trying to come out of it. So I guess that's where I'm at today is how do we wrap our arms around these people and help them come out of it? You're the expert, Jared. I'm looking at you. you (laughs) The one thing I love to do is is networking. And it it has done great. When When I ran FW22, we, we had made a huge impact. I mean, they do great now, but you have to go to different events in the community, even if you don't know anything about it. You have to introduce yourself. You have to talk to them about the stuff they don't want to hear mm-hmm. because everybody knows someone that's died by suicide. Everybody 
Well, let's back up here for a moment. You used to be one of those people. You walked into the studio today and you yeah. said, I'm not much for public speaking. I'm yeah. not a big speaker, but yet here you are. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So you took, I was saying you took your own advice. You obviously went and put yourself in front of people and started communicating with people. Obviously, you started FW2 too, mm -hmm. but you did you did take your own advice. You know, the Marine Corps used to give me, give me crap all the time because I was great at taking care of my Marines, never taking care of myself. Yeah. And uh, when I came home, I didn't. I didn't think I was in a bad spot. I, I drank. That's what you do in the Marines. You drink, you fight, you shoot guns. Mm -hmm. And uh, not not really living a good life, though. And I was playing that pity party. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough veteran. I'm tough on veterans. I don't believe in the woe is me. You know, if, if you're feeling down in the Marine Corps, who cares? Get up. Mm -hmm. There's no way, in my opinion, you can serve your country, whether you go to war or not. There's no way you can serve your country and you come home and, and be defeated. Am I, you know, this could sound, you know, cocky, but... You've done what a lot of people can't do. Yes. There's no reason so why you're not running this country. Mm -hmm. So get up. Let's move together. Let's make change. And so I, I finally did that. I held myself accountable. looked myself in the mirror. I have a best friend, Tyler. And we said, let's do this together. Let's save lives. And I mean, we did it. We, we save lives every year. How are you guys received when you do go out in the community and you're, quote, the sad booth, which I'll be honest with you, both of you right now, I was prepping for the show that I do here during the week and then prepping for this show and I thought oh boy we're gonna be talking about suicide we're gonna be talking about mental health because it's not it's not that sexy of a topic but I will say Jared oddly enough you have this charm about you or something about you that does make it seem like it's gonna be okay it is gonna be okay though you know it's every I don't understand why like, it just seems like you that way too. I mean, you're, I've only what spent 16 and a half minutes with you now, and I, I do feel like you have this sense of charm. So when you are out in the public and you're in the community, are you and, and your buddy well received? Well, my buddy doesn't do a lot of talking. Okay, so okay. maybe not so much so, him. <laughs> Glad we didn't get him on the show. Can't get a word in edgewise. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody has something to say, really? but nobody yeah. truly asks you how you are. Mm -hmm. You know, if if I just showed up for metal roofing at a, at a house just to do my job. I'm never going to know how you are as a person. I'm just here to collect a final payment, mm -hmm. do some drone photos. But why not use the opportunity to say, how are you? Mm -hmm. You know, What's going on in your life? You'd be surprised how many people that, that shield comes down and, and they're struggling. When you just simply make the ask. Yeah, and this whole time they had so much stuff built up inside of them. Who knows where they're at? But now they know someone cares. It's no different than if you're showing up to some random event and they're hosting it and you know they have a million people that, you know want to come and see them. But no one's there asking them how they are. They're mm -hmm. just, hey, let's take a picture. Hey, let's be a sponsor. Ask them how you are. Have that, and they'll they'll be caught off guard. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, they're going to talk to you. Maybe they are okay. Maybe they're not okay. But you just started a conversation, and regardless, when you leave, they know someone cared. That's all it takes. Whatever reason, nobody wants to talk about suicide. And but guess what? It happens every single day. There should be nothing wrong as a male Marine saying, hey, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. There should be nothing wrong as a female police officer says, hey, I'm struggling. This is life. This is humanity. So, Are there, Is there a way to pinpoint maybe a demographic, whether it is male or female, young or old, Marine or police officer, that there is a higher rate of suicide? Does, is that a factor? It is. So in the general population, 13 out of 100 people die by suicide each year. Um, for police, it's 17 out of 100 or 100,000. Wow. So statistically, we are at a higher rate for to die by suicide. Uh, military is right there alongside with us. And I think it's just repeated trauma. Um, it's this, the bravado mentality that these two organizations carry. And, some, and, and in some way, they need to carry that. Yeah. 
right? We need to have people who have strength and fortitude to go on to the next traumatic event and the next traumatic event and the next traumatic event. But we also need to have people that take care of those people. Um, someone has to do this job. Someone has to do the job of the military. Someone has to do the job of policing and firefighting and paramedic um, dispatch. But we also need to be, have people that take care of us as well. And we have to have administrations that care. How does the Fort Wayne Police Department do that? We have um, some really good systems in place. We have a peer support team. We have an administration that truly cares about its officers. And if there's something that needs to be done, they will get it done. Um, after every uh, police officer involved shooting, we have a, an appointment with a psychologist. We do not come back to work unless we get an okay that we are okay to come back to mm -hmm. work. Um, we have, now right now we have a psychologist that comes up every quarter and you can make an appointment and just pop in and talk if you'd like. Um, but the peer support team has anonymous reporting, so you can report your partner or a friend no on the kidding. department. It's like, hey, you know, so-and-so's going through this divorce, or he, and he just had this incident yesterday with, with a baby. Um, can you look in on him? And they will have someone reach out and look in, look in and make sure that they don't need anything. And, right, and honestly, we've had a lot of, a lot of officers self-report. They're coming forward. They're doing this because they know the greater good. And I'm really proud of them for doing that because it's, it's tough to do. Um, it's tough to admit that you um, need some help. When you hear that, Jared, coming from the world that you come from, being a former Marine, and, and you kind of said they do a great job while you're in the Marines, but not so great when you come out. Is, when you hear that, would you feel like you would have maybe benefited from a program like that or programs like that? Absolutely not. I think that they do that is very important. But when you're in the Marines, really? you're not going to do anything that – in the Marine Corps, you have to be strong, and if you ask for help, you're going to get, you know, bullied. You're going to get looked down upon. So when you're wow. in the Marines, it's, you know, you have to almost fake it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm fine, everything is great, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a killer. I wish we had stuff like that. You know, the Marine Corps only told me when I got out, you're going to get any job you want because you're better than everybody else. That's it. I didn't even know what the VA was. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, I think it's important. I think that the police department has that is phenomenal. I think it's much needed. Um, but in the Marine Corps, if, if you show any sign of weakness, I mean, you're going to get walked right past and, and, you know, never looked at again. And so it's it's almost like a cult, you know, and I, and I loved it. I loved the Marine Corps w with a passion. But like the Marine Corps alone, I think we have the number one um, active suicides in the military as the Marines. I think we have the number one sexual assaults as the Marines. I mean, it's the Marine Corps. Literally, you have one job. It's to kill or be killed. Mm -hmm. And great it needs to happen you know somebody has to do it like but, Sophia said somebody's got to do this job but I think it's also important to put the same amount of of effort into helping us come home helping us de-stress because you know a lot of the people in the military might not have even should have been able to join maybe they had some past childhood traumas whatever it was and then you're putting them into conflicts overseas you know when uh our, our current uh, administration took over and we lost Afghanistan mm -hmm. I, I was angry yeah. And, you know, it made me think, why did I do some of the stuff that I did over there? What was it for? I can only imagine how other veterans were. So I had to make sure everybody that I know knows, hey, I'm here. If you need to call me, call. Like, Did you feel like you the phone calls increased after that happened? Actually, no. Um, and I, I not at first. I think it's because people didn't know how they felt. Mm -hmm. And it also been so long since they've been there that maybe, again, they feel silly bringing something up. But stuff like that affects you for a long time. How do you how do you chip away at that? How do you break that that marine mentality or or even in some cases I'm sure with you Sophia that police officer mentality there is that 
I don't, I don't want to know if I want to call it ego, but that, that's something. But how do you how do you break through that, especially in your line of work? Can you break through that? For me, it was. Uh, it was guns and whiskey. Well, that. <laughs> but uh, I have a daughter. Yeah. And I I do everything for her, and and so she needed a dad and not a not a marine. So kids, man, they change everything, don't they? They do. They do. But what about someone who doesn't have kids? You know, I think it just has to come from inside. You have to get to a point where you've had enough, where you just can't take your line of thinking anymore. You have to know that there's something better on the other side. Um, and I know sometimes it can be very helpless. You can feel helpless. You can feel hopeless. Um, but there's always something there that that can pull you through. You've just got to be um, willing to reach out and and grab it. And that means sometimes asking for help from someone and knowing who to ask is important as well because not everyone you're going to ask is going to lead you down the right path. How can people do that, especially with you, Jared? Because you you obviously aren't – I mean, yes, you're focused on helping folks in the military, from the military, veterans, but I'm getting the vibe you'd help anybody who did reach out. Yeah, so when I first started this, I and it sounds bad, I only cared about military suicide. I didn't care about anything else because – Civilians have their own help, mm-hmm. um, but and within maybe two years, I just wanted to save everyone's lives, and so I started going to civilian suicide events, um, out of the darkness events, whatever I could, just because I love everybody mm-hmm. and I want everybody to know it's gonna be okay. Um, this world is a cruel world, if mm-hmm. you know, and with, with everything that happens, you have to be resilient. But not everybody's resilient, so let me be somebody that won't judge you. You can be whoever you want to be. And just let me be an ear when you want to talk. It's just that simple. And I think it's it's important to have people like that. How can people get a hold of you if they're listening right now and they're like, man, I need to get in touch with this guy? Stalk my Facebook. Go Jared to White. Is that? Well, I think my Facebook says JJCW. Okay. Well, I that's think. a little bit confusing. It does. But, uh, <laughs> and my phone number is 260-750-1108. You can go to FW22.org. Ask for me. You can go to Forever Metal Roofing and call. You can ask for me. It wouldn't be the first time that someone's done that. Uh, everybody here at Federated Media knows me. Both yeah, I'm your, learning that as well. Both of your hosts here now know me, so <laughs> if you ever need to talk, I'm an open ear. Yeah, that's always one way, too. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Sophia. Uh, same for you, Sophia. Is this uh, like someone could contact the Hope and Recovery uh, hotline? or So police are different. So if you're an officer with our own department, you can reach out through our peer support team app. Um, but if you're not and you're just a first responder cop listening right now, there is a cop line. You can talk directly hmm. to a retired peer. Um, that number is 1-800-267-5463, 1-800-267-5463, and it is a retired officer that will you'll be talking to uh, for peer support. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Sophia and I have talked a lot about mental health before, and, and not just the role that it plays amongst police officers but uh, and members of the military, but for everybody. So you can always... Um, Go back and check out some previous episodes of Unholstered. You can download us anywhere. You can download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.